Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. gotta go first <laughs> you're the one who I made a, a bold choice i took i took my love for pickles to a whole new level yeah i listen i you can't fault me for it oh no i mean i made where do, do. we be, where to begin <laughs> with this whole begin? debacle but it was a delicious debacle it was the repurposing of a pickle uh, on a hot summer day, uh, after eating a messy sandwich, I did not have a napkin, but I did have some pickle slices, and you know what? It worked great. It did. It was like a, it was like a briny nature wet nap. Yeah, exactly right. And you know, it was. I was thinking, like, it makes sense because obviously pickles are made with vinegar, and vinegar is a great cleaning solution. So why wouldn't it work for a pickle slice to take that sticky, sticky sauce? Nobody's saying off that my it fingers. W- <laughs> uh, nobody's saying that it wouldn't work. What I am saying is, when I'm eating lunch with you. In in the park mm. and you pick up a pickle and start rubbing it all over your hands and arms <laughs> yes the solution works yes also props to you for giving no fucks about using a pickle as a napkin mad brilliant also the first of its kind <laughs> everyone knows i love pickles they just didn't know how much i should have some pickle slices in my bag at all times i never want to use a wet nap again it was great i smelled amazing it was perfect. <laughs> so for context, we went to a restaurant called Taim, Taim here, mm-hmm. and it's like huge, juicy, overstuffed pitas. The sloppiest. The sloppiest the of sandwiches. Best. And when we got it to go, to go walk to the park to let Archie run around. Yes. Oh, can I say shout out to uh, the folks at Taim because the woman who um, helped us out gave Archie water and she was so lovely and kind. And I was just like, that's, it just made it all extra special. Completely agree. And she was so in love with Archie that she forgot to put any type of napkins in the bag, (laughs) any kind of forks in the bag. It was just sandwiches and best of luck. Yep. And when we open those things and the beet juice is running through them and the the chicken thigh, I think, that you got was, you know, pooling in the bottom of the pita and every bite you take, it's running down your arm. Garlicky, tomatoey, fragrant, sloppy, sticky, delicious. No napkins, but... I had a pickle (laughs) and it worked. It totally worked. And it made perfect sense in the moment. There's going to be moms with their kids who are eating chocolate ice cream and they just hand them a pickle to rub all over their face. Speaking of chocolate ice cream, because you and I hung out all day that day and later that day or that evening, we were watching a movie and I turned to you (laughs) and I had chocolate ice cream. (laughs) All over my nose. I had gotten, I mean, that was when I really needed a pickle, but that was fucking great. Also, shout out to our friend Jordan who recommended those ice cream bars because I can't get enough of the sea salt caramel soy dipped vegan chocolate ice cream bars. Yes. They're fucking delicious. They are delicious. Um, So delicious that I got it all over my face. Like a cocaine-fueled dessert binge. (laughs) Like an otter and a pile of oysters. It was just like a fucking... Lunatic, and I was like, "Am I five? Am I five? Like this is a day where I was covered from like elbow to wrist in sandwich juices, and then just hours later, I had chocolate ice cream all over my face." And then you took that uh, single pickle dill pouch, <laughs> unzipped it, and then just rolled the dill from forehead to chin to clean yourself up. You know those like rose quartz things that you rub your face with to like get all of your lymphatic draining your lymphatic system draining and everything. I I think I'm going to start using pickles. That's great. Yeah. Well, good luck cuz you're going to have a line around the block for your Listen, pickle party. I self-care, you know, facials <laughs> with with pickles. I mean, I've truly thought about changing my name to Pickle because I'm such a goddamn fan. So I think this would work. I think I should really lean into pickles. Pickles for everything. Pickles for wet naps. Pickles for crunching. Pickles for facials. All of it. All of it. Props. Yeah. Just props. The MacGyver of (laughs) napkin technology. Can't go wrong with a pickle. Mm, Get it. What up, Mary Jane? <laughs> How's it going, Mike? It's fun as hell. <laughs> Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. Calling shit out. And 
chefs. Chefs. Today. Kapow, kapow. And our amazing guest, Chef Nikki. Yes. So excited. And our Buds of the Week this week. It fucking everyone. This was a very foodie, fun app. Absolutely. Which is amazing and made all the more enjoyable by... I mean, I, I actually do know why I had chocolate ice cream all over my face, and it was because I had eaten a 10 milligram live resin, um, <laughs> like kind of like a Starburst. It was like a weed Starburst. It was delicious, and I was feeling so good. And I was just like in, in that ice cream, like a, you know, like a happy little otter. Yeah. Does that mean that you missed your mouth and mm-hmm. touched your nose? Or does that mean, like, because the mouth and nose, there's a, there's like a gap. There's a top lip gap there between the two. I'll tell you what it was. It was, you know, those little ice cream bars are on sticks. And so I had sort of like angled the sticks so I could get a maximum bite of the chocolate with the ice cream. Minus the stick. Minus the stick. And it just like kind of swooped up my nose and left a little chocolate skid mark. And um, much to my chagrin and your amusement. It was hilarious. <laughs> but also props to you also for searching for that perfect bite on a stick. which Always. is quite frankly hard to do if you eat a corn dog at a certain point you're gonna chomp stick unless you eat it like a corn cob yep which could look incredibly crazy so you know (laughs) stick technology needs to like be better it's true there is there is a last bite of that ice cream bar where it is chocolate on the stick at the base and you slide it out and i'm always like a little woeful about it i don't really like the way the wood feels on my tongue completely agree so maybe i don't know maybe they should go stick free zero sticks there's really no reason for them, and it's got to be better for the environment. Stick-free, 2021. Yeah. Yep. Wow. No more sticks. 2021, no more sticks and ice cream. And? Just the bar. Okay. It should all be it. edible. The stick should be edible. Duh! Yo, <laughs> come on. That stick should be made of pretzels or something. I don't know. Something that I could snack on after my ice cream. Absolutely. A pickle. <laughs> Do you want to get to the news? Yes, please. I got a pretty juicy story this week. But before we get to the story, we have to talk about OCB. Yes, the Grubla Gazette presented by OCB. The Grubla Gazette presented by OCB. I'm sorry, but I have to read. So when you say it, I still have to say it. (laughs) Sorry. Preemptive. The Grubla Gazette is presented by OCB Rolling Papers, the largest rolling paper brand in the world, crafted naturally since 1918. OCB offers a full line of plant-to-puff papers made with sustainable fibers farmed from within a 500-kilometer radius of their facility in France, which is powered by 100% green energy. In 2020, OCB rolled out America's first ultra-thin, slow-burning bamboo rolling papers and cones. They're even burning, no-tear, GMO-free, and vegan. They're great. Not all rolling papers are created equal. OCB offers a premium smoking experience we like to call Harmony on High. Yeah, we do. Ah. Ask for OCB wherever you buy your papers and sample the entire line of products. Plus, visit OCBUSA.com and follow OCB on Instagram at OCB underscore USA. Give them a follow. And if you like our podcast and support us, support the folks who support us. Thanks, OCB. Thank you, OCB. So, Today's story is from Marijuana Moment. Okay. It is a tweet from uh, the U.S. Air Force okay. on May 8th that said, don't bring, CBD, don't bring CBD pet shampoo onto military bases. What? So I'll read the whole tweet that they sent out. Okay. Hemp, CBD, and traces of THC can be found in a number of products, like shampoo, lotions, and lip balms that you can buy on the open market, but you can't bring them onto federal installation. Even if it's your pets, it's still illegal. Hashtag know the rules. Wow, that's a fucking long tweet. It's a long tweet. <laughs> Yo, and it only got like 10 retweets, 8 likes, so I think they bought them. Uh, that's so fucking insane. Can you say more about like what went into this tweet and yeah. entire line of ridiculous reasoning? Um, I'm going to push back on that a little bit, but I will after I talk about the reasoning. So the okay. reasoning is that within a CBD or hemp product, there are mm-hmm. still traces amount, trace amounts of THC, mm-hmm. and THC is still federally legal, and you are on the U.S. Air Force Base or you're on a Navy base. Right. Wherever you are, those products can contain THC. That can show up on a drug test, and that could ruin your career. So just keep them off all properties, and there, there ain't no fuss. There ain't no trouble. Mm-hmm. You know what is fucking legal, though? What? Oxycodone. Mm-hmm. And... Xanax and benzodiazepines and alcohol and tobacco and all sorts of shit that is a lot less problematic than some fucking CBD for your dog. Yep. 
So, and also how ridiculous, like how effective has the drug war been that it's dangerous to bring anything that might have the trace amount of a plant compound onto the Air Force base? The whole thing is just so beyond insane. Well, let's double down on it because around uh, Thanksgiving, the Air Force sent out a memo and it was like an internal memo that was leaked, I believe, Mm -hmm. that said, have a great time, enjoy Thanksgiving, but be careful of grandma's miracle sticky buns. They might help her hip, but they could ruin your career. Wow. Grandma's just... miracle sticky buns? Okay, look, there's this whole thing that happens every year where people get all wigged out that they're going to be giving out weed candy to children and that, like, you know, you're going to get some weed that you didn't want and some Halloween fucking treat. It's People don't do that. Nobody does that. Right. Nobody puts out their weed edibles for people who don't know that they're weed edibles or don't want weed edibles. No, like, you know what people do? What they, happens? They make you chug and do a bunch of shots you don't want to do on your birthday oh, God. against your will. Yes. And you're like, yo, I don't want to. And everyone's like, do it, pussy. Drink, 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 drink. So, so yeah. yeah, that's insane. I, uh, ugh, well... So, wow. <laughs> so just to go down the line a little bit for this, um, in 2019, the Department of Defense announced a policy uh, barring all activity and reserve members from using any hemp products, including CBD. The Navy issued a notice in 2018 informing all the ranks that they cannot use CBD and hemp products, no you know, matter the legality. That's so fucking whack because the fucking Navy, like ships, sails, and ropes were made out of hemp centuries Yo, ago. Get into Centuries it. ago. The hypocrisy and the stupidity and the fucking idiocy behind this policy of the U.S. Navy being like, no hemp allowed. Hemp is what got us here. Hemp is what fucking propelled the ships with the sails and the ropes when they came from Europe to the continent of North America. So you guys are fucking idiots. Like, it's just, the mind boggles, truly. Yeah. Boggles. Like, it is, it, you, uh, I get so crazy about it and have just about how effective this absolutely stupid war that was made up by people to criminalize fucking and police communities of color and fucking people who were resisting the government that it has been so effective that it is now actually completely criminalized a plant that built the vehicles that fucking got like oh it's nuts and you wrote grandma's sticky magic sticky buns and that's the hackest the it's, hackiest. It's like, that's what bothers me the most is like bad hack comedy. Like, ho, 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 ho. Yeah. That is like perpetuated and then everybody like has a little tee-hee about it. Tee-hee. Meanwhile, 40K are in prison. Come on. Yeah. And you know, the grandma's miracle buns might fucking help her hip. Like the real fucking grandma, Mary Jane Rathbun, who was Brownie Mary in San Francisco, saved and the sw- like helped so many people in the AIDS crisis. She, she gave... Uh, free brownies, pot brownies out to so many of the people who were suffering from HIV and AIDS to help them eat and help their pain. And like, that's what, that's what the fucking grandma with the weed brownies is doing. She's actually helping people who need weed as a medicine. It's not like some fucking joke. That's so interesting. You say it that way because it, they are also acknowledging that it will and probably is helping your grandma's hip. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Like, great what a point. cell phone. You know? Oh, well, it's good for her, like, terrible bone pain, but, you know, look out for your army career. Yo. Like, oh, and, and as a veteran, you'll be denied benefits if you try to use medical marijuana to cope with any of your fucking, you know, PTSD conditions, or anything, PTSD yeah. or fucking, you know, f- physical injuries when you return from combat. Do you want a little bright side as you take a deep breath? Uh, Yep. (laughs) Uh, Two bright sides at the end of this article in Marijuana Moment. There is a bipartisan bill that was reintroduced last month that would federally legalize medical marijuana for military vets. Great. And lawmakers have recently filed several pieces of legislation that would promote research into therapeutic potential of cannabis for veterans. Great. Research data happening. Meanwhile, this is where we're at right now. Yeah, this is where we're at right now. Don't bring your CBD shampoo onto the army base for your dog got it right okay i don't know man i don't know i don't know know. (laughs) yeah i don't know man it is it's hard (laughs) it's really hard what would you what is your favorite cbd delivery system my favorite cbd delivery system currently is tincture i have Mm -hmm. a couple of tinctures i use for bobo the cat and i also have some for myself from care by design um love it it's been helping me sleep and i've been having some like you know kind of crank cranky knees and stuff and you know i just feel a little better it's, it's like i i when i take it i don't notice it but when i don't take it i notice it really well said you know what i mean yeah because like the the joke is you want me to take something that isn't like the thing that i want to take so might help me but i can't tell 
right. what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Really it's well said. Just something that helps my system manage itself without me noticing, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like upgrading my OS, uh, you know, it's like just running quietly in the background and doing a better job when it's got CBD in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know? CBD OS? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, you're brilliant. That's really cool. You know, I wake up in the morning and I make that like bong sound. Yeah. That's the CBD coming online. <laughs> And Bobo screams less when I put CBD in his food. Good. Yeah, I know it is good. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Anything that makes that cat calmer is fantastic. You were saying that you were on a business call the other day and he needed the world to acknowledge him. Uh-huh. And the people on the on the other line thought that maybe you lived with demons. Yeah. They were like, oh, are you okay? What is that? Do you Should we send help? <laughs> <laughs> he sometimes, I mean, just this morning, I fed him. And he had eaten and he sat and he cleaned himself and then he walked into my room and he just started screaming. And I went in and found him just standing. In the, I think he's just, you know, he's got dementia. But yeah. I just went over and I was like, hey, bud. And he just kind of looked around. And he was like, oh, well, there you are. I just, you know, needed to stand here and scream into space for a minute. There's got to be a video out there. So thank God, because then we don't have to make it <laughs> of like if a cat was a child mm-hmm. that you lived with yeah and it was all the motions of like feeding a little kid and then him just walking into the other room staring into space and screaming at the top <laughs> of his lungs and then leaving yep equally as quietly and abruptly it's wild mm-hmm. it's a wild experience to have that little animal in my house i'd come back as a cat though you would yeah i want to know all the because they're not they hate being on this plane yeah you know they can see ghosts and they're do wheeling and dealing in the underworld so i'd like to come back as a cat and see what the uh what the other like uh, uh what what's it called the other planes yeah levels where where they can go where they can, they can go flicker in and out of existence and where they visit when they're not here you know they roll their eyes that were like oh uh, a, a launch to mars and they're like literally takes me five seconds yeah literally <laughs> i'm there when i shut my eyes <laughs> <laughs> i always think it's weird when people are like cats are so cute i'm like i've never met a cute cat they're all like tiny predators. They're crazy. It's, mm-hmm. you know, Bobo is straight up like he sniffs my eyes sometimes. I'm like, are you just <laughs> trying to see if I'm dead so you can eat me? Yes. He wants to gobble your pupes. Yeah. Totally. I I bet they're delicious. Wait, gobble my what? Pupils. Oh, my pupils. <laughs> I thought you said pubes. And I was like, ew. My pussy wants to eat my poop. Mm. No, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. From that. <laughs> What else is popping, Mary Jane? We got to talk about those chile rellenos that we ate. We have to. We have to. We've had a lot of eating outside in the park recently, and it's been quite nice. That's the only way to do it. It is. <laughs> in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and you discovered these chile rellenos through the New York Times? No, my sister did. And okay. my sister sent me a message, and she said, next time I come to L.A., we have to check these out. And that's, yeah, she had seen it in the New York Times. It was an article about these chiles rellenos that are being made uh, by uh, Andrea, who you met in her home in East LA. There's a great article. We'll link it in the show notes. And basically it's a family recipe um, that she loved growing up and she always begged her mother to make more. And then it's funny, the article says um, she understood her mother's reluctance to make more as soon as she made the chiles herself because I think it's a lot of work. It looks like a lot of work. Oh my God, they're incredible. So they're um, roasted poblanos that are then stuffed with um, queso. queso and then they're dipped in a batter with egg batter with egg and then um, lightly fried and then simmered in this like tomato garlic sauce that's incredible and I'd never had anything like it neither, me neither I'd had chiles re, chile re, bleh, rellenos in I think Mexican restaurants but never like really known what the whole dish was meant to be I've never had grandma Right. I've never had grandma style. I, I don't know that I've had grandma style uh, food that much. And to have it coming out of somebody's home, it oh. started during last year during the pandemic, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. And, and man, shout out to the New York Times for finding these like wonderful, I don't even want to say diamond in the rough because I yeah. think that isn't fair to the idea of just great people making great food, yeah. but searching for and then shining a light on these types of things is fantastic. Yeah, it's the New York Times food critic who's based here in LA, Tehal Rao, I think. I'm ho- I hope I'm saying their name right. And it's a fantastic article, a really great profile. It talks all about the recipe and also all about Andrea, who's she teaches English and math and also reads tarot cards. And this is a Sunday side business. So we go on the we went on Weed and Grub. Yep. We DM'd. Yep. Set up a pickup time. Venmoed. Yep. Picked them up. Yep. Boom bop. Yeah, when you send, it's $13, a, a, like a 
per Chile. And hefty. And hefty. Yo, can we talk about when he handed me that bag and my arm? (laughs) Oh, just an incredible food heft. So such such a satisfying heft. And so yeah, you when you um, Venmo the thirteen dollars per platter, uh, you get a delivery address and a window in which to pick it up. And we showed up, and it was like ready and waiting. And we went to the park, and oh, it was just magical. Yeah, we both. It was very funny too because we both devoured them, mm-hmm. ate them so fast. They were so good. And then we looked at each other and we were like, we need to race back to your place before the nap hits. <laughs> and I drove your car so fast back to your place. And then we both hit your couch on different ends <laughs> and we're out. Like the nap hit, it, it was like a countdown to Z's and it yeah. was deep sleep. It, yeah. It felt like a, more than a nap because it was, I feel like I was down for Like I went to sleep when it was light and I woke up when it was dark and that was okay because it was a Sunday evening. It was sort of perfect. Like the window that we timed it because we ate our, our dinner in the park at magic hour, got back to my place just as the sun was about to set. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, it's straight up like 10 o'clock. I think I could just go to bed for the night, which is so exciting. Yeah. What a great feeling to have a wonderful sleep. Ooh, it was great. That was awesome. And we should say, because as we talk about this, this is our Buds of the Week this week. Yes. The three of them. Yes. 100%. So can we share their names and then their Instagram handle? Yeah. The Instagram handle is, I hope I'm saying it right, Mami's Chiles, which is M-A-M-I-S-X-I-L-E-S. And it's Andrea, Christian, and Isaias. Yep. And I think I either met Christian or Isaiah at the mm-hmm. door. And it was also really cool. I didn't want to take a picture because that would have not been the tone I want to set with these strangers. But there right. was a there was a board outside there that had prices for tarot readings. And immediately I was like, yo, could I get these again? Yes. And get my tarots read? I definitely want to go back. I need to have them again. They're so incredibly delicious. And let's do it with a tarot reading next time. It would be fun. I've never had one except for on um, like on a podcast doing a card poll. So I've yeah. actually never had an actual... I've never had a psychic. I've never had a tarot. Really? Oh, I've never had a this. palm. I've never had a crystal ball. I've read a horoscope in the newspaper that says something like, you might see a blimp today. It's your birthday. And <laughs> okay. that's about it. So I would love to do that with you. My treat next time. Okay. Yeah. We'll go together. We'll get our Chile Rodeños and our tarot reading uh, together. I'll take you up on it. Great. All the way around. And then a deep nap. Also, do you love the way that I can't say Chile Rodeños? I'm, it's hard. I don't know why you L. feel the pressure to add the accent I'm not, it. though. Rellenos. 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 I don't feel confident in any anything except for my lazy English. Mm-hmm. So I just want to like support things and say it the best I can. Right. And that is the best I can do because I it's more important to me to support. Awesome. So, Chile Rellenos. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> you <laughs> I'm, know? Taking, I'm following you on that. Chile Rellenos. Yeah. Got it. Um, there's a great bit by my friend Nick Vaderat. He might have done it in his Conan O'Brien set where any he only changes the word of the menu item he's ordering at each type of restaurant. Okay. So he's like, I will have the margarita. And, <laughs> and so, you know, I don't want to do his bit. It's yeah. his. But yeah, it's a That's good bit. That's awesome. Yeah. Solid, solid, solid. Anyway, thank you all so much. They're delicious. And Buds of the everybody week. check them out. Check them out. Again, that's Mami's Chiles, M-A-M-I-S, X-I-L-E-S. They're in East L.A. Andrea makes the most beautiful dish in the whole entire world. You should treat yourself if you can get to East L.A. to get one. 100%. And before we get to our VIB, our very important bud, we should also say in the New York Times article, which is linked in our show description, there is a recipe. Yeah. So if you don't live in L.A., but you're interested in trying to make something like this, mm-hmm. follow that recipe and you ain't going to lose. You're going to win. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Love it. Do you want to get to our VIB? Let's get to our VIB, Chef Nikki, who is one of the most sought-after culinary entertainment chefs in the country and has um, a touring cannabis culinary entertainment brand called the High End Affair Experience. And she's catered to everyone from Snoop Dogg to the Migos to... DJ Khaled. Yeah. She's Dave Chappelle's chef. So if you've seen any pictures from Summer Camp which has been going on safely in Ohio, which is where Chef Nikki is living, um, she's Dave Chappelle's chef. Yo. Yeah. And she should be. She She's incredible. She makes delicious looking food. And we had such a fun hang with her. She was talking about some new recipes that she's developing for packs and just all the exciting stuff that she has going on. It was just so cool. I can't wait to like hang and cook. And smoke. And smoke. <laughs> and then you pull out a pickle with her. We're eating some delicious food that she's prepared with us. And she's like, napkin. And you're like, no, thanks. And you're just rubbing. I've got a pickle a wet nap right here. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's one of those like uh, quarter size hamburger slices and you're just rubbing it on your arm. Yep. Little bread and butter pickle to get that barbecue sauce off the corner of my mouth. <laughs> and then you snack on it. I'm so glad that you're not mortified by me. It's great. I think you're brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> you want to get to it? Yes. All right. Uh, without further ado, here is our interview with Chef Nikki. What up, Chef Nikki? Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. What about for Mother's Day? You mentioned that you were cooking for a lot of moms. Can you maybe share a little bit about everything that you cooked, how the vibe was, how the day went? Oh, wow. Wow. I cooked a lot of food yesterday. So um, I had three racks of lamb. Uh, well, let me start. With, let me start off with the um, with the the past hors d'oeuvres. We had um, oysters on a half shell. We did them Cajun style, uh, very New Orleans, a little spicy, a uh, little with a little bit of champagne vinegar. Um, and then we also did um, some potato lacus, some truffle creme fraiche with caviar uh, and chives for the past uh, apps first course. And then we went into lamb. We had a kale gouda stuffed chicken. We had um, asparagus risotto. We also had our vegan option was um, curry jackfruit with uh, jasmine rice. Roasted, <laughs> we had some fire roasted broccoli. We had a lot of vegan stuff. Um, plus we had these twice baked sweet potatoes that um, I got like the hugest compliment. Robert Glasper is an amazing uh, pianist. He's like, Coltrane of our time and he said these were the best sweet potatoes he's ever had in his life and he's from the south so wow yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. so we had we had tons of food um everybody had a good time it was it was great because all the moms were happy I had to like make you know how when everyone's hungry they all rush but I'm like don't forget all the moms go first so I had to like dial all the kids back (laughs) so their mothers could sit down first so yeah, but it was it was it was a great day. So before we talk about your collab with Pax and everything like that, we got to start a little bit at the beginning because uh, I want to know like where did you learn to cook? Why did you stop being a neurosurgeon oh, uh, student? Not. Like you know, there's yeah, so much yeah, yeah. to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. So where do you want to start? <laughs> Who got you excited about cooking before you decided to lean into cooking? Yeah. Um. So. My mom is really not a cook at all. Um, she's a single mom, um, and we, you know, she just kind of makes do with crock pots, you know. So a lot of my skills that I started to hone with, with my grandmother, because she was the only one that take would take time to explain things. You know, of course, grandmas have time; they have plenty of time. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. especially for grandbabies. So, oftentimes when um, we would do big family meals after church on Sunday. I would just sit stand in the kitchen next to my grandmother and, you know, just kind of watch her do things. And then I started to realize what her hacks were, things that she would do to make things taste good. Like she would sneak like the broccoli I grew up when she would make broccoli. It tasted so good. I was wondering why kids didn't like broccoli because my grandmother would cook broccoli in broth. Like she would put a little broth cube in it. I'm like, this is so savory. <laughs> like it was so really good. Right. And so I just started to pick up on little small things. Um, and then when I would be with my grandmother, I would go back home to my mom's house and then I would try to recreate certain things. Um, and my grandmother was the bomb at pound cakes. So that was one of my first things that I wanted to try to make was a pound cake. And one day my grandmother gave me her pan. Now this pan, I still have, probably at the time she gave it to me, it was probably already 20 years old. You know what I mean? You know, like an old seasoned bunt. <laughs> like it's like, mm-hmm. and it's got like the little crust in the edges, which lets oh, you, yeah. you know what I mean? It's got the little crispy yeah. bits. <laughs> and, um, and you could just tell like it had been greased with so much Crisco and butter over the years. <laughs> and so I still have that pot to this day. I mean, that bunt pan to this day. And when, Anytime I make a pound cake and I flip it over, it comes out so clean. 
every time. Mm. No problems. <laughs> so that was one of the first early things. And the second thing that I really kind of took from my grandmother and I kind of merged my mom's recipe too is the mac and cheese. Um, mac and cheese is like that one item. When you bring it to the table, whether it's a holiday or just a regular, you know, dinner, everybody's like, what is, you know, like, especially the, the bubbling grease at the top, the crispiness, you know, like, so it, mac and cheese became my, like, very first love of all things. And then you... You studied, you went to school and studied medicine, is that right? Mm -hmm. I, well, I went to school um, and I initially, when I um, started attending college, I thought I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. This is back when I thought Ben Carson was an okay guy. <laughs> no, no shade against Ben Carson, but he, I, when I was a kid, he signed my book. I had a, one of his books called Gifted Hands and I remember standing in line um, getting waiting for him to sign this book uh, because I thought it was like amazing because this is like the first black man to do anything of this sort like separate twins conjoined at the head like it was like a thing for me and I loved anatomy and I loved medicine as a kid and so when I went into school I decided to major in pre-med and with the hopes of becoming a neurosurgeon and then um, then I had several meetings with my college advisor which pretty much left me in a very discouraged state. Like, that's probably not, like, I'm not going to make money until I'm 40, probably. Like, real money, because I'm paying back loans and med school and stuff. So I was like, well, give me something a little bit less, <laughs> less time. Um, and then she suggested pharmaceutical sciences. And I kind of just stayed in the science field with studying pharmacy, biology, chemistry, food science, animal science. Things like that. So yeah, we th we have a couple of similarities. I uh, loved food growing up, and my grandma, her trick was she she made the best uh, hot cakes. She called them instead of pancakes, hot cakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she would she would always fold in sour cream, which gave them like a tart lightness to them that was like so unexpected for everybody. Mm -hmm. I love those grandma tricks. Aren't they great grandma tricks? And then yes. you you see how really restaurants really owe grandmas like a lot of cred because. The trend now is to fold ricotta into pancakes, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, but if you think about it, grandma was already on trend putting like sour cream or creme fraiche and things like that into pancakes. But now it's just all the rape. Yeah, there needs to be a shout out to grandma's restaurant. There really does. Somebody needs to yeah. do it. Maybe I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have time, it sounds like. Uh, for sure, for sure, right? <laughs> and then in college, I went to school for uh, kinesiology. Kind wow, of the same okay. way, because I loved how the body worked, mm -hmm. and then I learned that I was not going to be, I was not going to have a professional career until my 30s, yeah. and I needed to find something else, but it's, I think it's like, it's scary to, because that's like such a guaranteed path. If you're really good at it, and you have steady hands, and you're, you're smart, and you retain knowledge, and you care, you will make bank eventually. Like, you eventually, will come yeah. out on top. Absolutely. But, but, but what was it for you that, because you, you, you made a leap, you made a scary ass leap instead of that guarantee. Like, how did your yeah. family feel? What made you do it? How did it all come together? Oh man, my family's opinions. I love them. <laughs> They're always the best, right? <laughs> um, you know, it was kind of one of those things that I had to kind of decide for myself on um, the quality of life that I wanted to have. And I realized, um, that I was a creative just as much as I had a very scientific mind. Um, growing up, I, it's not that my mother wouldn't allow me to be creative, but, you know, like parents, you know, kind of growing up in the 80s, 90s, you know, if college was like, go to college, you go to, you know, like whatever grad school, you get your job, your family, your ch children, and that's it. You know what I mean? You make money, retire, go on vacation, things like that. Um, and so my mom was not very, like, initially she was just like, food? I was like, yeah. She, and then my dad was like, there's no money in that. And I was like, promise you, there's money in it. Just give me a second. I have to figure out how to work it. So getting into culinary, um, I had to pay attention to um, the entrepreneurs I had around me in order to actually make money at it instead of just going to work at a restaurant. I valued 
being creative, um, being able to have days off when I wanted them, (laughs) you know, being able to um, just energetically enjoy the exchange that I have with people when I'm feeding them versus filling their prescriptions. How did you sort of establish your, once you had like decided that you were going to move into the culinary arts, how did you how did you sort of develop? Like, did you, did you like work under people who mentored you or did you just sort of develop your brand on your own? How, what was that like for you? It was kind of a simultaneous of the two. Um, I definitely worked under um, a lot of chefs just to really hone my skills um, because I did not go to culinary school. And so I always, um, you know, I always let people know that I did not go to culinary school, but what I did because I'm very hands-on. I feel like no shade against culinary school, but it doesn't teach you how to get a job, right? It doesn't teach you how to be an entrepreneur. It just teaches you like basic technique to, you know, just kind of join the rat race of the restaurant. Um, So I started establishing myself by creating events that were just a little bit different (laughs) Um, and inviting you know, off the cuff folks. And then they would just show up, you know, like we would extend the invitation. And I sometimes would be surprised at the people that would come to the events, especially when I got into the cannabis space. Before you talk about the events, can you share what city this is in? Oh, now when I first started, I started in Ohio. I definitely started in Columbus, Ohio. Um, A lot of the guys I went to college with, a lot of NBA, NFL athletes, Ohio State is known for pushing on a lot of athletes. Um, so a lot of them are still my friends. So I started there with my core group. Um, I have, you know, a lot of people in entertainment in my network. So I'm, you know, I'm just like, I'm throwing myself like, Hey, if you need events, if you need catering, if you need meal prep, if you need whatever, I'm here, I'm available. Um, and then when I got my foot in the door, then that was the opportunity for me to just show out and try to maintain my position in their minds and their food memories. So I think that's really what I've been known for is just creating food memories. Um, And when you go back and think about that meal, you're like, I should probably call her again to do this next this next party. (laughs) So, yeah. Can you share any stories about working or cooking for like Migos or DJ Khaled or Diddy or Chappelle? Because I know I saw those pictures on your IG of summer camp, which looked incredible and I know that's coming to Netflix Uh, yeah do you have any stories you feel comfortable sharing with us I mean I guess I could always have stories but there's usually all of them are very different in the way that they eat um you know so I focus on that I mean there's always I mean with Chappelle there's always something funny you know because it's just I'm cooking for a lot of comedians all the time so um you know like yesterday Donnell Rollins like I was I joked that I prepped all of his stuff for his potato salad, uh, but he's like he. But he always jokes that he's my sous chef. So we always have these little dialogues and exchanges. Um, the Migos are you know, the thing with the with a lot of my um, guys that are um, rap artists um, and they tour. Their diets and the way that they eat are very similar to teenagers. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Um, But because they eat like I almost have to reprogram them as far as eating. I had to reprogram DJ Khaled a little bit because I was with him during the time that he was doing a Weight Watchers campaign. So we had to get him to lose weight really quickly. Also adhere to Weight Watchers. I think that was right around when he was having his son, too. Right. When he was having his first son. Yes. And so. I do spend a lot of time um, just reprogramming healthy eating habits um, and introducing new foods, which is, you know, kind of fun for me because when I get someone's writer or when I see, you know, kind of like what they are expecting to eat, um, like for instance, Amigos, it was almost like Thanksgiving dinner every time for them in their green room. Every time was like turkey, dressing, um, mashed potatoes, gravy, like very like (laughs) comfort grandma's house, you know? So I was like, all right, well maybe see if I can tweak this a little bit. 
Um, let's add some fresh green items in here. You know, I'm like sneaking in like healthier items just because I, they ate, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of sweets and things. So it's just a balance, you know? Um, and I think that they appreciate that, but I do always ask if there's any type of dietary, like if goals, like DJ Khaled had a goal and we had to get him to that goal. I know you, you cook a lot with, uh, organic and local ingredients. So when you're traveling to cook on the road for folks, do you get a chance to go to markets or do you sort of have an idea in advance of yeah. what you're going to make? Yeah. How does that work? So I absolutely go to markets all the time. So usually what I've done over the years is I establish, um, I have my little chef friend circles, right? So the next time, if I'm coming, if I know I'm coming to like Chicago, for example, I'll call my chefs in Chicago that are my friends. I'll get recommendations on who their purveyors are, their markets, their local um, produce folks. And I just connect with them that way. Oftentimes, um, prior to me getting there, um, you know, we all help each other. So they'll do my grocery shopping for me sometimes and or then sometimes already have me set up so I can go to the market um, and, you know, get local produce. Uh, so I do that pretty well. I'm able to um, connect in most major cities. Um, it's only like smaller cities that um, I may have to go a couple days in advance to try to figure out the lay of the land. But the chef network is pretty good, you know? I mean, we all will will definitely rally behind um, carefully sourced sustainable ingredients, um, especially when my culinary friends know that I like certain high-quality things in certain areas. Does that also tie into, can you hit a chef up and be like, where's the good weed in your mm. city? I need that plug as well. Yes. I can, but I'm usually the chef that knows where to get the goat weed from, no matter where I'm at. <laughs> How did you start working with cannabis in your cooking? Well, that was really um, the first time that I did a large-scale cannabis dinner was for Mary Jane. Um, and so I did the launch for Mary Jane for Snoop. And so that was my um, about almost five years ago. Uh, that was my very first large-scale party it was 250 of Snoop's friends and me trying my hand at dosing everyone individually. Like I was almost, almost like a blind experiment. <laughs> um, I did a lot of research uh, my own beforehand, worked with a friend of mine who's a food scientist to get my formulations right. So I didn't just walk in there willy nilly. Um, but that was my first time uh, really um, doing a large cannabis dinner like that. And most people start at like 15, 10 people. And I was like, no, yeah. 250, let's go. <laughs> your, uh, your pharmacological training must have come in so handy in that moment. <laughs> it did. It really did because um, the technique that I use and um, when I'm doing dinners um, is a technique that in, when you're taking a prescription, it's a taper or a tighter. So you go up or down, right? And so it depends on um, the products that I'm using for the night, uh, whether I start high or I start low. Um, but then it's a gradual increase, just like I'm ticking you up like a couple milligrams at a time. By the time you walk out of there, you probably would have consumed about 150 to 200 milligrams, but I've balanced you out with, um, you know, a lot of different cannabinoids, derivatives of CBD and things like that. It really is kind of a science to it. Doing a first party like that is your, my first instinct would be, oh, this has to be a 1500 milligram dinner because like these are... Like, it, yes, it has to taste good, but I want to, like, get everyone crazy messed up and all. But it sounds like you you really understand restraint mm -hmm. so that it's it's like you have your you almost have like your code of the things that are most important to you. And that's your execution list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could you yeah. talk more about that? Absolutely. I try to take very good care of my guests because I put myself in your shoes. I literally sit my like I astro project into your body, <laughs> into your mind. <laughs> And I think, I, I mean, and I'm being honest with you because I would like to know how you feel. Um, I would like to know. So I take myself through that process. 
like of the process of maybe you got too woozy and too high, too fast. Like, how can I help? Or how can I bring you back to even? So I put a lot of fail safes around the events that I do. Uh, we have Lyft as a sponsor, usually almost always. Um, that way we make sure you get home uh, and to and from. Um, I do work with a brand uh, called Undo. And it will, their tagline is Unblaze the Haze. That it will take your high down in about 30 minutes. Um, I also am very mindful of, um, you know, I, I go out and talk to all of the guests. My staff is very trained um, to recognize when guests are teetering or having an experience that may they may need to be like, you know, taken into a separate space to kind of relax. Um, so we create different rooms and activations around the um, events that you can have very zen, very chill, recover, relax. Mary's Medicinals is always there doing massage, reflexology. Um, so we have a lot of little things that not only is this just dinner, but we are also very mindful that everyone has a different reaction. And some people get really, really like dumb high off of like 20 milligrams. Like... Mm -hmm. You know, me, 20 milligrams, um, I don't even bat an eye, but I'm different, <laughs> okay? Because I, could, I, eat, can, I eat infused foods almost daily. Um, I'm probably, on average, like a four to 500 milligram a day person. Sounds crazy, but I am. <laughs> but, I'm, but my body is also acclimated to that. But knowing I, I may have a first timer, I get a lot of first timers because eating infused food can be a novelty at first because you're like, everyone's doing it. Seems cool. I want an edible too. And I'm like, mm -mm, baby, this is not an edible. <laughs> this is a journey. Okay. <laughs> this is a journey. And so, um, before I even serve one thing, I have the most adult conversation with all of my guests. Like I stand on top of the counter or a ladder or a chair or anything. And we go over safety. We go over consent. We go over boundaries. Um, they have all, everyone has signed an NDA to attend. Um, but I still have more things to say outside of that NDA just to be mindful. Um, so there's a lot of checks and balances, a lot, a lot. Um, and usually probably about... Within two hours of the party, I always step in because I have everything on a 25 to 30 minute uh, tapered, right? As far as the courses are coming out. But I have multiple times have stopped um, and checked all of my guests. I will come and look in you in your eyes, like me and you, <laughs> okay? And then um, I will go back to the kitchen and I will readjust. I'm so interested in this because I'm uh, fascinated in the different technologies that you use as well to adjust and like the different types of infusions that you're working with. Yeah, I mean, and for me, the adjustment is made based upon, um, um, number one, I gotta get you home and I don't want you falling asleep anywhere. You know what I mean? Uh, because, um, and so what I do is I make the adjustments um, with a certain balance of um, CBD, I use, uh, there's a delivery method with cold pressed olive oil that I use um, that uh, when I add it into food, it also starts to readjust your blood system and it'll start stripping the THC. So, it, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of science behind it. I have a little baby lab in the kitchen that it's like, <laughs> it's really kind of hidden, but there's a lot of all of my equipment that I use, it's literally from the from labs. It sounds like we're invited. Would yeah. love to attend. <laughs> oh, you're invited. Oh, for sure, you're invited. <laughs> we're inviting ourselves. Yeah. We're inviting ourselves. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're there. This, this, this yeah. ties into uh, your collaboration with PAX for their era life because uh, so far two recipes have been released, and I know that there's more recipes to come, and that... Um, the those maca, I think I'm saying it right, matcha, matcha. those matcha pops, ooh, and those carrots. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk a little bit about those recipes and your collaboration yeah. with them? Absolutely. First of all, I love packs. Just know that. 
Pax. Mm-hmm. And that my first, my relationship with, began with Pax a couple years ago when they were, um, they sponsored one of my events in Detroit. We had a Pax house um, and it was beautiful. Like ever since then, I've been like obsessed with the vaporizers. Um, the, but this campaign was really cool because we had to, they have the four new colors. Um, and I was challenged and tasked with creating recipes that match those colors that we were using the tagline less is more. So really simple ingredients, very clean, nothing to really overthink, very quick and easy steps. You should be able to get all these things done. Um, you know, all these recipes shouldn't take any more than like 15 minutes, honestly. Um, really easy. So um, the first one, uh, the well, carrot bacon, the blazing carrot bacon came out first. And it was funny because I, I decided to make all the recipes vegan. Um, Pax didn't ask me to do that, but I thought this is a great opportunity to give people some new, fresh ideas on how to think and eat clean. And, and I, I think oftentimes people feel like when you're making vegan foods, it's going to take you all day. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yes, if you're making cashew cheese, that'll take you longer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But but if you're just going to the store and getting a bag of carrots and all you need is tahini and coconut aminos and maple syrup and liquid smoke and you're done and it just tastes like bacon in like 15 minutes, like, come on, man. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why not? Like, why not? So, um, so those are kind of like some of my favorite recipes I've done um, so far because I love the colors. Um, that and then the green with the uh, matcha ice pops it's like a chartreuse green it's very like it's kind of like a mystical like what is that green right so I thought matcha would be a good thing we all every now and then may go to the coffee shop and maybe get a matcha green tea or something like that but I felt that it would have been tasty to add some coconut um, a little bit of agave some oat milk and blend it all up with an avocado, popsicles, done. Now, if you've got kids, that's a great recipe for kids because they'll just eat that up and they're getting avocados and they're getting, you know, all this healthy stuff, coconut Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So um, super easy. And if you'd like, that would be a good recipe to add the water-soluble rosin capsules um, because you could just do 10 per pop. 10 milligrams per popsicle. So I think that was a good thing. And it's the same thing with the um, carrot bacon. It was funny because I, I like, I try not to always read comments. But one of the comments were like, what's the point of these recipes if they're not infused? I was like, but you can infuse them. <laughs> it's, it's so easy. I mean, I didn't include that in the campaign, but it's very easy to infuse any of these recipes um, with any, like you could use distillate, you could use rosin, um, you could use, there's no butter in any of the recipes, so I wouldn't recommend using um, oil. But um, the ones that are coming out, I can't wait for y'all to see. Can't wait um, either. The next one, um, we have a, um, a blue spirulina smoothie bowl. And then we also have a forbidden um, rice sushi, which is an onyx sushi. So teaching people how to roll vegan sushi. I love the grass as far as the Pax Era goes. The grass as that color, that green. Yes. And that's my favorite of the four. It's It's just such a... It's fucking bomb. (laughs) It Um, is. And then... The other thing that is exciting, we are trying to eat as healthy as possible and cook yeah. more than we go out to eat at all times. And a lot of the ingredients that you're using, once you have them in your kitchen, they're pretty shelf stable. Like the, the tahini will last a very long Forever. time. You just got to get it in your fridge yeah. and then start mm-hmm. using it. So yep. it's very cool that you're, the, the recipes that you're making, those ingredients have so much potential and they will last and they're like worth the investment and the money that you're paying for them. Yeah. You've really encouraged me to up my pantry game because like having some good amino acids on hand or like, you know, investing in good maple syrup, for instance, which I think is like Mm -hmm. something that you never think about, but it's such like, it's a, 
it's something that adds like luxury to it does dishes yeah it'll add luxury and you know always remember i always tell people don't forget to put your maple syrup in the refrigerator thank you i always tell people don't forget to do that if i have i remember when i the first time like 20 years ago when i bought i got real maple syrup and i left it in the pantry and it got like gray there's like little gray bits that'll develop when it starts to oxidize and do like weird stuff yes keep it in the refrigerator with the tahini that's it what does your um weed pantry look like do you have like a a pantry area where it's just all of your different strains and isolates and distillates and stuff i do I do. Ooh, I'd love I, to see it. I do. <laughs> I do. I actually, I have a, I have a carry case, okay, a box, like a wooden box, like I take with me that has trinkets. I call them trinkets because it's like when I open it, I'm like this <laughs> all the time. And I'm always like that. It's like my little treasure box. But uh, yeah, in my in my pantry, it's really kind of a mixed bag of different types of concentrates, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. And I get a lot of different things to try, and then I I I, um, I mean I have uh, shoot right now I'm doing a collab with a company doing simple syrup and uh, vanilla bean extract. Um, so I've been kind of playing around with um, you know the the drink game like doing drinks smoothies um cocktails and things is it can be a little tricky because um you want to never have an oily residue you know um so i play around with that because i'm working on um vinaigrettes and vinegars and sauces and things like that so i want smooth clean you won't even know that there's cannabis product in there um, and then I have so many different types of RSO syringes, <laughs> like different versions. I mean, because we, I have, um, you know, different strains of, of RSO and distillate. And I have it from very clear, clean, almost white to like yellow, and have crude. Like I play around with all of it. It's really kind of like... Um, I was joking with someone. They were like, so you don't use one of like the magic butter machines or Arden? I was like, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. No. I don't. I still respect those machines. I still respect the process of people learning to do infusions that way. But um, it's kind of. Well, a can re- I. S- hmm? I'm sorry, but like I have to say like we don't we don't know each other. But anybody who is interested in like neuroscience isn't going to use a machine. They're going to have complete control over everything at all times because it is in the details. So It is in the details. It's, I, it's really hard for me to set it and forget it. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard for me to do that. Do you remember the first time that you felt like weed worked for you? Like, was it from a young age? Or did you, like, did you smoke when you were growing up or... How did how did you find your synergistic relationship with weed? The very first time I smoked, I was a teenager, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. It was, you know, just teenage stuff. You know, just sitting on the back of a truck at, at the park. You know, and everybody just passed passing around a joint. Um, and then I stopped smoking. Um, kind of the the bulk of my twenties. Um, I was like having children, you know, I was kind of, I was unsure. And I also, my brain was also programmed to big pharma. Um, my brain was, I did not look at cannabis. I knew it was a healing mechanism, but I didn't, I looked at it as more of a drug than I did as a property of healing. And so it wasn't until later in like my late 20s to 30s early 30s that I started reprogramming my mind um and I think that is very important for um me to relay because I don't look at cannabis as a drug um I look at it as a plant medicine I look at it as the root word of which it is is entheogen and entheogen, you know, the reason why people feel like you get the feeling of being high 
is because that's the closest you're going to get to your highest self. <laughs> and it's the feeling of God. Honestly, the root word in Indian is of God. You know, whether you believe in a higher power or not, you, you know, it's not down here where we are, <laughs> you know, somewhere up there. And so when you're smoking, you get that elevated feeling. And so I started to reprogram my mind and redevelop my relationship, a healthy relationship with cannabis. Um, I was the mother that was hitting the vape pen while I was at my daughter's basketball games, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I also realized the other mom sitting next to me had vodka in her cup. So this was a better option for me because <laughs> I have to carpool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have to carpool. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'd rather you, you'd rather me carpool with this than the mother that has been on probably her third vodka cup coffee, cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how I started to develop. That. And then I also started to tie in, you know, my knowledge of love of science and then merge it into food to also create a balance of healthy relationship. So for me. I always wanted cannabis to be in my life to the point where it was second na second nature, like salt and pepper or going to the bathroom or like taking a shower. It's just, it is what it is. As we uh, wrap up, I got to know, what's your favorite meal? What's your favorite food? What's the thing that just brings you back to that place of absolute perfection? So I love broths. I'm a broth person. Mm. I love soups, but mainly I love any Asian style soups, mainly mm. Thai soups or ramen. So I have been in, really into like my favorite go-to meal when I'm home and I want something quick and easy is either a pho or a ramen. Um, my favorite is to do a Tom Yum pho. So I take mm -hmm. the base of a, a traditional pho recipe and then I add tom yum paste and then I add coconut milk and then I add lemongrass and then I add ginger uh. and, <laughs> and then, I, you know, and then of course I've added my noodles towards the end, but usually inside of there, there's bok choy, there's cilantro, there's carrots. Um, maybe some type of uh, enoki mushrooms are usually my favorite to put on top. Um, and then I always infuse my broth. Mm. So mm -hmm. good. So good. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of my favorite go-to things for myself. I, I just love a really good broth. I have a restaurant pitch for you. Yeah. It is a Tom Yum, Tom Yum Pho restaurant where with each order, you also get a blanket and you get to wrap yourself in the blanket while you eat it. And it's just called Cozy. And that's what the restaurant is. Can I add beanbags to that pitch? Bean bags I was going to say, you got to have some soft to sit on. <laughs> and then beanbag. And you need to have, like, everybody should get a pair of really good cozy socks. <laughs> like some yes. really good socks. <laughs> I think that would be the bomb. Yeah. So I may take you up on that. We can try it as a pop-up if you want to do a collab. <laughs> Let's so go. you guys bring the <laughs> yes. you guys bring the warm fuzzies. I'll bring the broth. Bean bags, blankets, and broth. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that the world is opening up a little more, hopefully we can make that happen. And you'll you'll I imagine start to to travel again uh, and and cook all over the place. So are there places that people will be able to come find you anytime soon? Of course, um, I'm usually pretty visible. Um, I've got a few things coming up with packs. Um, a few uh, events um, and I have a few things coming up with weed maps. Uh, we're, we are bringing the high end affair back um, now that we can Great. start having people again and we'll be COVID testing before every high end affair just to make sure we're all good and good to go. Um, but yeah, the co I mean, the high end affair is coming back. Um, so I will be able to um, have a schedule put out uh, by the summer. For sure. And it, what is the website, the Instagram? Where can everybody um, yeah. make sure? Because everybody should be fucking with you. So where can they start? Thank you for saying that. I'll take it. <laughs> um, so the Hind Affair is just thehindaffair.com and the Hind Affair on Instagram. I am the Chef Nikki on Instagram and via website as well. 
Um, I usually always post uh, if I'm having an event that's open to the public. And um, I think that I should be having, we just got on the uh, the table and asked, we, so now brands are asking for their own private hind affairs. So, which, that's you know, awesome. which is great. You know, that was, that was kind of the point, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was, that was kind of the point. So we've got some very brand centered hind affairs coming up. That'll be open to, um, usually I like to keep the numbers 300 or less. So, um, they're not ever going to be like thousands of people, but you know, I'll come to a city near you. I promise. As long as it's wreck. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. This has been so cool. It's great to get to know you, and You're I welcome. can't wait to make all these recipes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure, and I'm so excited it's, to come to one so of your welcome. events. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we are at Weed and Grub. Our email is wg at weedandgrub.com. Hit us up for anything, anything at all. I'm pretty addicted to my phone, so I'll probably be on it. And uh, if you would like to check anything out, there is a bunch in the show notes, so you can just click on those links and go to town. Chef Nikki, thank you so much. Please come Thanks back anytime. I, absolutely. <laughs> let's do it again. Let's cook together next time. Yeah, let's do it. That'd be awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.